How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. You know, took a little break from recording, had to catch up on some of my gardening work the last week or so, but don't worry, Easy Peasy is not going anywhere. You know, today I I thought I'd talk to you guys, uh, guys and gals, about one of my favorite movies. Actually, two of them. Two of my favorite movies. But the first one, you might have heard of it. It's called The Matrix, right? Now, The Matrix is hands down one of the greatest movies ever made. And not just in terms of, you know, its visual nature or soundtrack or the artistic expression, but just about the commentary it provides on human nature. And, you know, I think it's one of the most poignant movies ever made in terms of what what we should keep our eyes on in terms of our our progress as humans. Now, specifically in the Matrix, there's this there's this one scene where where Morpheus gives Neo a choice, right? Where he offers him either the red pill or the blue pill. And you may have seen, I mean, this whole idea of being red pilled, it's it's out there, it's kind of in our in our conversation on the internet right now. I've seen a lot of sort of red pill themed memes and and you might wonder, well, what's exactly the difference between the red pill idea and say wokeism? Well we'll get there. We'll get there, but if you haven't seen The Matrix as many times as me, you may not be so familiar with this scene. And the gist of it is, like I said, Morpheus offering Neo these two distinct choices. He says, you know, well, before he makes the offer, he, he's telling Neo, he's explaining what exactly is wrong with the world. And you know, he asks Neo something to the effect of, you know, haven't you always known that that something about your world wasn't wasn't right, wasn't true? You know, Neo kind of agrees. Yeah, he always knew there was something wrong. Something didn't quite feel right with the world around him. And Morpheus explains what the Matrix is. He tells Neo that his entire life has been an illusion, that that free choice has been nothing more than sort of a, I don't know, a false idea in his in his life. That that Neo's life has has basically been that of a slave, an unwitting, unknowing slave, right? In the Matrix, the gist of the movie is that, you know, the rise of intelligent machines leads to humanity being turned.
turned into slaves. They, they, they keep human beings in pods and use their bodies as, as sources of electricity. I know this is, this is sci-fi, but I think it's such an important and powerful metaphor. This concept of being a slave to a system that, that you can neither see nor understand. I think this can be so true in our daily lives. And, and this, this choice that Morpheus offers, right? He says to Neo, he says, take the blue pill and you'll fall asleep. You'll wake up tomorrow in your own bed. Nothing will have changed. You won't remember a thing. You go back to the way things were, back to your life of ignorant bliss, of, of relative comfort in, in slavery, right? Or take the red pill and see just how far the rabbit hole goes, right? Such a fun way of saying it. I love that. That scene is so cool. And you see Neo reach out and he pauses, right? And I always wondered what that pause was supposed to be. Is that, is that hesitation? I think it was Neo just, just reaffirming his decision. You know, that's, it's not a decision to take lightly. So you might call it hesitation. You might call it simply taking a moment. To be certain, right? But he takes the red pill and he wakes up to what is really going on around him. You know, the wool is pulled out of in front of his eyes, right? The, the bag is taken off his head and the truth is the reality around him is scary. You know, it's terrible. It's, it's unpleasant. It's uncomfortable. You know, there's this character in the movie named Cypher, right? And Cypher is kind of the Judas of this of this story. He betrays Neo. And he does it because he wants to go back. He wants to get reinserted. He wants to have his memory wiped clean. And he wants to go back to the life of ignorant bliss, right? He doesn't care that the world is a is a lie, that it's a fabrication. He'd he'd rather live as a part of the lie. Now, it's easy to judge Cypher as the bad guy here, but it it brings to mind the question of how to treat those who choose the blue pill, right? You know, I think a lot of us, when we first take that red pill, and that red pill can look like, can look like a lot of different things. You know, for me, it had a lot to do with smoking cannabis and and realizing how absurd it was that there's a a legal prohibition against this stuff. You know, part of it was learning about big agriculture and and the the love affair between government and chemical companies and large scale seed 
producers and, you know, this, this unholy alliance of big ag. You know, these were my red pills that, that got me to start tumbling down the rabbit hole, right? Just like Alice in Wonderland. And that's a scary, scary experience. The first, first little while after you've taken that red pill, I think a lot of people go a little bananas, right? You know, I've heard it called a mad awakening. You know, we've seen it so often. I've, I've been guilty of it where, where you kind of get that Messiah complex, right? You just want to, you just want to wake people up. You want to, you want to shake them out of their slumber. You want to force the red pill down their throat. But that's not the right strategy, you know? For me, my rabbit hole led me to the, to the principles of anarchy and libertarianism. And, and if you adhere to these beliefs, you you believe in what's called the voluntary or the voluntarism principle. <clears throat> Excuse me. And some people say voluntarism. Some people say voluntarism. Whatever. It's kind of a easy word to trip on. But the principle is that you cannot coerce anybody. You cannot force anybody to do anything against their will. That that people have the right to only enter into agreements or exchanges when it's consensual and fair. You know, these, these, you know, we can't, we can't force the red pill on anybody that would, that would defeat the purpose. You know, the purpose of the red pill, you know, what is the red pill? I think ultimately the red pill is, is respect and truth and love and freedom and an understanding that that the world around us is in many ways an artificially constructed system that is illegitimate that it that that does not function you know as an anarchist i have so much faith in natural systems right and i believe that humans can can manage natural systems for their own benefit there are so many artificial systems that we have propped up and they're not based on the laws of nature and therefore they they are inherently destructive, right? It makes me think of another movie with a very similar theme to, to The Matrix. It's Terminator 2, right? If you if you know, if you're not as big of a geek as I am, these are two movies that are that are worth watching and they're both about the rise of artificial intelligence and and you know sort of people versus the machine right the system that the out of control system which we created but then lost control of this is a tale that we're becoming so familiar with right in our real lives this is not just science fiction in Terminator 2, you know, these robots are sent back from the future to, you know, one of them is here to kill a man named John Connor, who's just a boy at the time. And the other one, you know, played by, by our good friend Arnold, he, he's sent back to protect John Connor. 
And John Connor is supposed to be the great leader of the resistance in the future, right? Against the robots, against the machines. And, and at one point in the movie, you know, young John asks the Terminator, he says, we're not going to make it, are we? You know, people. And the Terminator says, he doesn't say yes, he doesn't say no. He says, it's in your nature to destroy yourselves. And I always, I always found that line to be so unsettling, right? It's in your nature to destroy yourselves. But clearly there's some truth to it. I mean, look around. But it's not, it's not the whole truth. You know, I think both The Matrix and Terminator, they're, they're as much about the danger of, of unhindered progress as they are about love, right? And, and humanity and bravery and selflessness, right? Sacrifice. These, these stories are really powerful, right? There's a reason that we kind of see this recurring theme of, of sacrifice and resurrection and, you know, sort of the, the power of the individual against the system, right? And the power of people when they join together and, and the purity of the fight for freedom, freedom from tyranny, you know? These are, these are these themes of these movies. It's not just entertainment. This is important stuff, right? And, you know, Terminator 2, I think it's... But, I mean, both of these movies, they, they kind of touch on the theme of being a rebel, going rogue, right? Sort of leaving the corrupt system... And, and living outside of it and fighting back, you know? And, and there's so many ways to define a rebel or a rogue. You know, when you look up these, these words, most of the definitions are quite negative, you know? But the truth is, there's always a time and a place where... To go along is the wrong thing to do. To become a rebel becomes the only ethical decision, right? But it doesn't mean everybody's going to be willing to do it. So many people are going to keep eating the blue pill no matter what happens. Because that's the safe choice in their mind. But... The reality is, if, if we don't wake up, if we keep eating that blue pill, the danger is so much worse. You know, yes, it's, it's scary to, to become a rebel and to try to fight back against this, this huge, imposing, un, uncaring system. But to not be a rebel, you know, in the, in the Matrix... The idea was that anybody who has not been unplugged from the Matrix can become the enemy at any moment, right? If you're not a part of the rebellion, you are feeding the machine. You are a part of the system. 
and it it can be it can be so so frustrating and so so saddening when you when you see the people in your lives just just eating the blue pill right choosing to turn their eyes away from what is so clearly going on around us right if you think I'm being overdramatic, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you've been doing for the last year and a half, but we got some real shit going on here, y'all. We need to, we need to, I don't know, nut up here and do something. Otherwise, what the fuck is the next decade going to look like? If you're not genuinely concerned about the level of censorship and and authoritarianism and and groupthink and propaganda if you're not concerned about these things you are being willfully ignorant and you know what that's fine you're you're allowed as a libertarian i believe you have every right to live however the hell you want right you know, and I've been learning lately. I've been learning that instead of trying to to convince people or to shake them awake, it's better to simply have compassion because it wasn't that terribly long ago where I was swallowing the blue pill, you know? And this is a spectrum, right? It's not as simple as taking a pill and all of a sudden everything's different, but it can kind of feel that way in hindsight. Truthfully, it's a process. As I said, I got interested in the environment and in food, and I started smoking weed and experimenting with hallucinogens a little bit. And This was my gradual red pill. Eventually, you look around and you realize that, that we can do so much better, right? We could be so much better. Our communities could be so much more authentic and and connected. You know, I I feel like I started noticing at a pretty damn young age. I think I was 12 or 13 years old the first time somebody in my family called me a pessimist. And it was because I was asking questions about things that I didn't understand. I remember specifically saying one time, you know, how come people spend three months' salary on an engagement ring? You know, that's just one example, but, you know, it's a reasonable question. And I was told, you know, well, because that's just what you do. And that wasn't a satisfactory answer. And and I remember beginning to wake up to to the fact that people are so judgmental towards each other. You know, I was... I was born in a fairly affluent community, and it's amazing. It seems like the more stable and the more comfortable people are, the more harsh they can be towards their fellow man. You know, it's almost like you lose the ability to empathize with anyone else when you when you live in your own little bubble, right? When you're in your own bubble with people just like you, you cease to empathize with anyone that isn't just like you. Now, 
I'm not sure what the right move is with our family and friends who eat, eat the red pill, except, like I said, to just have compassion, right, and have patience and and not try to force it because you if you try to force it you're just you're just pushing people away i've i've found that but as long as you live truthfully and you speak honestly and you you look people in the eye and you're open and honest and and you you give people the respect that they that they deserve you know this is what it means to to me to be red pilled you know to 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 be on the side of freedom and honesty as opposed to deception and control right this is the difference between being red pilled and being quote unquote woke right typically the woke attitude is one of you know, we need to regulate behavior and we need to legislate language and we need to punish those who do not follow our new rules, right? This is how wokeism works. It's top-down control versus the red pill, which is just one person waking up and joining the resistance. So I'm not going to judge you one way or the other, but my assumption is at this point, if you're still listening, you've probably already taken that red pill. You're probably already on the path of awakening, right? And I hope it's not a mad awakening because I, I don't think that's terribly effective. I hope it's a gradual awakening in which in which everything changes but but at a manageable speed you know i want to look back in 20 years and be astonished at how far i've come in terms of building a community because right now guys i i've got friends right i've got family but I live alone. And I don't think that's what we're meant to do. I think we're meant to live together in small communities, right? Where we grow food and where we, where we exchange services and goods with one another on a very local level. Not to the exclusion of global trade, but in preference of it, you know, we, we default to the local community first before we go outside to get things, you know, even if the guy that lives three doors down is more expensive than the guy that lives 10 miles away, you should go three doors down because that, that relationship is important and you never know who has swallowed that red pill already unless you unless you become friends with them and get to know them a little bit and before you know it you know my my hope is I'll look around and I'll be surrounded by people that that aren't just like me you know socially or racially or economically but who 
who share common values with me. You know, a common skepticism of top-down government, a common, you know, respect of nature, a common desire to provide for ourselves and to live within our means and to live in harmony with the natural environment. You know, I want to live that way. And I have every intention of making it happen. Because I'm a part of what I am, what I am, I am calling, I am calling, calling the quiet resistance. You know, I don't want to fight in a freaking civil war. And it seems like some people out there are trying to push us in that direction. And it's not okay. You know, they are actively trying to tear us apart. And if you think that's some kind of conspiracy... You are definitely eating the blue pill still, but they are actively pushing us into these different camps. And I've said it before, it'd be so much better if we all just went camping together instead, right? It's kind of my funny way of saying that, you know, if we all just hang out a little bit, sit around the campfire and have a chat, we'll realize we're really no different from one another. They've just manipulated us into thinking that we're different. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little poem that I think applies to this conversation and, and I think I'll wrap it up after that, but I just I just hope that you guys are, are hearing what I'm getting at and, and like I said, let's not try to shake people awake. You know, if if you ever see somebody sleepwalking it can be very dangerous to to wake them up at the wrong time. You know, it's better to to just stand back and and wait for them to to wake up on their own, right? Cuz if you wake a sleepwalker, they could be a danger to themselves and to you. The same thing I think applies here. So, once again, I advocate for a quiet revolution one in which we we plant food in our yards and we develop successful local businesses and networks of distribution and exchange with our neighbors and you know that is how we win we never are going to win if we try to fight them in an open field, right? We are only going to win if we take the guerrilla approach. And I don't mean in terms of sabotage and ambush. I mean, we will be guerrilla gardeners, right? Guerrilla entrepreneurs. We will be, we will live in the gray market. We will exchange, you know, currencies that cannot be tracked or, or, you know, surveilled. There's so much power behind something like cryptocurrency. I think all the tools are just sitting there waiting to be picked up, but the government doesn't want us to do, to do that. They're afraid. They know that they're rapidly becoming obsolete. And this idea of anarchy... I know it's scary. I know it makes you want to just swallow a blue pill and go back to sleep because of the way they've programmed you to think. They, 
they want you to think that anarchy means riots in the streets, but the truth is, I don't believe that's the case. I think riots in the streets are a direct result of authoritarian, centralized control. And when you tear down that central control and put it back in the hands of people and communities, you will see that people, on average, want to cooperate, want to maintain peace and prosperity with each other. They do not want to destroy themselves. It's these systems that are destroying us. And with that, let me read you this poem. I don't want to go on too awful long here. You know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just wait for these sirens to go by. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> this is called Everything's Fine. Everything's fine. We're all okay. See you tomorrow. Demented president. Speech suppression. Political medicine. Demonization of dissent. Rising violent crime. Concentration of wealth. Corporate bailouts. Inflation. Stagnation, supply chain problems, brainwashing, greenwashing, industrialized food, fear-mongering, demagoguery, censorship, propaganda, social media, global lockdown, local drama, groupthink, forced compliance, encouraged illness. So dumb. Why? We shouldn't have. Everything's fine. We're all okay. See you tomorrow. You know, I wrote that a couple days ago. Um, it's not my best poem, you know, but it makes a point. You know, we, we turn on the news and we see all these things, but then we we go outside and we, we, we kind of put on this this pretend persona half the time where it's like oh yeah everything's good yeah you know I, I always like making fun of the Canadian way of talking you know oh yeah everything's fine <laughs> but you know the truth is everything is not fine like we are not okay and I think we're waking up to that you know they they're more than happy to to prescribe you things, to dull your senses, and to, you know, to help you fall asleep. I, th I guess I'll close by saying that I truly believe so many of our, our illnesses, our disorders, they are not natural. They are a result of our environment. They are a... They are a result of our culture, right? These are cultural illnesses, right? If you are depressed, maybe it's 
maybe it's really not your fault and and not for the reasons the doctors are telling you, you know, like, yes, perhaps there is a chemical imbalance and it's not your fault, but they want you to believe that it's a disease. It's to me, it is, it is all of these things, you know, depression, anxiety, attention deficit disorder, you know, name it cancers, you know, so much of this is caused by our our environmental influence. This is not something wrong with our bodies. It's something wrong with our existence, with our surroundings, with our way of life. Now, I'm not a doctor, so you you know you might think I'm speaking beyond my wheelhouse, and you you would be right, but. I do believe that, you know, I think that a hundred thousand years ago, you know, you take somebody who today would have been diagnosed as ADHD and a hundred thousand years ago, they might've been the best hunter or the, or the fastest sprinter or the, you know, who knows they probably had an advantage at something. You know what they don't have an advantage at? 40-hour work weeks, sitting in chairs for hours at a time, clicking away on keyboards under fluorescent lights. You know, there's a reason that people have a negative response to these environments. It's because we were never meant to exist in these spaces. They're so unnatural. So I, I am calling on you to be a part of the quiet rebellion, right? Even if you have to keep punching that clock and, and you got to go to the office and you got to click away on those keyboards and, and you got to take your pill to help you do it. You know, no judgment at all, but I encourage you when you get home to do a little gardening, to do a little reading, you know, maybe to get plugged in with some, some like-minded folks in your area, maybe, you know, get into a, a club of some kind and you know, if we continue to live the way we've been living, you know, wake up, go to work, go home, watch television, go to sleep, repeat. Have we not wasted our entire lives? Have we not, have we not just thrown away the precious moments that, that we are so blessed to be given? You know, just being alive on this planet is something to marvel at, and yet we spend hours and hours just vegging out to mind-numbing bullshit. Don't get me wrong, I love me some good movies, as you can tell, but I'm pretty sure I'm done watching the news. I am so done. You know, that is the blue pill watching the news even though they're telling you all the problems it's they're they're telling you it so that you'll remain in fear and instead of instead of getting motivated you just choose to to dull your senses right and to go back to sleep 
they're intentionally overwhelming you. So fucking turn that shit off. You know, that's not me telling you what to do. That's just telling you what I'm doing. Like, I think it's the best thing you can do. You know, social media, I should probably separate myself from that as well because it's almost as toxic as the mainstream media news, but it's also a tool. At least it goes two ways. You know, there's a reason they call television programming because that's exactly what it does. Programs your brain for a desired result. Now, I know this one's been a bit heavy, right? (laughs) I don't always want to just like get super hardcore with you guys, but this is a real thing right now, right? I think we are all being given this choice. And it's at the point where, you know, two years ago you could have you could have claimed lack of information or lack of knowledge. You know, at this point, if you're choosing to turn a blind eye, it's because you're choosing to. You know, we all have seen what this last year has done. We've seen the lockdowns. You know, we've seen the manipulation of information. We've seen, you know, we've seen our leaders encourage us to to publicly ridicule and shame one another. You know, what kind of leadership is that? If there's such a thing as the nation of the United States of America, you know, the only good thing that could come of it is unity. If we are if we're divided on all of these things all the time and we're at each other's throats, how can we even deserve to call ourselves the United States? Once again, you know, Morpheus said to Neo that you've always known something wasn't quite right. I mean, do you relate to that? Do you do you feel that? Do you remember thinking as maybe a young teenager, you know, this shit is what is all this bullshit? You know, why do people why do people talk to each other so so disingenuously? Why do, why do I have to learn all this horse shit in in school? Why you know, you begin questioning authority oftentimes as a teenager. But so often that 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 rebellious phase gets gets stifled and gets squandered and gets you know suppressed and and we get beaten back into submission, right? So don't submit, you know, join the quiet revolution. Start a garden. (laughs) And with that, y'all, this has been episode 19 of the Easy Peasy Podcast. Mike Whistler, signing out.